Um, last week, uh, we began uh, a series talking about hearing, and uh, we found out uh, that there are two different ears that we, uh, that we hear uh, Jesus talking about um, having ears to hear, you know, and, uh, or in other scriptures uh, uh, that they are hearing but not hearing, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, you heard but you didn't hear, you know. And uh, so then we also saw that um, uh, the analogy Jesus gave about a, a sheep and uh, um, how sheep uh, know their shepherd's voice. And uh, you could have a bunch of sheep together uh, belonging to different shepherds, uh, but each sheep would know the voice of their own shepherd. And uh, so when they would make their sound, uh, those sheep would come out from amongst all those many sheep and follow their shepherd. At least that's the best, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and uh, so, so I, I did point out that uh, sheep aren't, um, in, are inherently not uh, the brightest of animals and uh, uh, how, how that we are uh, dependent upon our hearing. So if sheep have a superpower, it would have to be their hearing. Isn't that right? Their ability to detect uh, sound uh, and, and uh, uh, voice inflections and that kind of thing in order to go where they need to go and be where they need to be uh, uh, in order for them uh, to be able to have a provision and for them to be safe. Y'all with me? And uh, so we, we talked about that. Um, so, so we then are, uh, the analogy, of course, is that we are sheep and he uh, is our shepherd. And uh, so we would want to uh, uh, begin to develop that superpower of being able to hear. Does that make sense? There are many voices in the world, uh, but our ability to hear um, our master's voice is a, a very critical thing. Um, and I had mentioned last week about how my mom, she would discipline me, and uh, um, it would cause me to hear her better. You understand? I say mom. Uh, dad worked. He was a shift worker, and he worked uh, long hours, and so he wasn't around enough. Um, so he would access that you know, information-giving area of my life when he was around, but not very much. Mostly mom, and she was very diligent. Okay, and so, so we, we uh, understand that uh, nowadays they give them Ridlin. Those days they gave us uh, a, a three-and-a-half-foot, you know, piece of wood. And, uh, and I wanted her to speak to me. I just wanted her to talk. You know, speak for thy servant hears, you know, and, uh, um, and hear what th th whatever it is so that I didn't get any more of that. You understand? And so there's an impartation of, of the ability to hear as a result. Isn't that something? How, how that, uh, the scriptures say that you save their soul from hell. Well, how does that happen? Well, you learn how to listen uh, to the word, the authority of the word, and yield yourself to the authority of the word. Uh, so there's, there's a, a, a development of the ability to hear. And you understand, um, it, it, hearing and understanding are tightly knit together uh, because sometimes you're reading, and there's not a sound being said, uh, but you're reading, uh, but you're hearing. Does that make sense? Uh, so spirit speaks to spirit. Uh, deep calls to deep. Spirit calls to spirit. You develop uh, the ability uh, when you're going to the, the book of instruction to hear him when he, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people who know the word. Uh, did you know that Satan knows the word? Uh, do you know when he spoke to Jesus, he doesn't it say? 
you know, and he's quoting the word. And so don't be, you know, surprised, you know, if Satan comes and gives you a scripture for something stupid you're about to do. Oh, I've heard some really, really interesting things from people. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know. Uh, so Satan twists the word, though. Isn't that right? And so we, we develop the uh, ability uh, of hearing and knowing and understanding um, as we grow in the Lord and, and uh, as or we should be. Do you understand? Uh, but that should be the case. And you, of course, in this house, in those who are here, uh, you have uh, come to an understanding of the necessity uh, to be here and to hear and, and the benefit of being changed by this atmosphere and the authority of a pastor and the necessity of having them speak into your life and what that does in you and your aspect of being connected to the body of Christ. Because it doesn't, hearing isn't uh, because of, of your just leaning in, but it has to do with it. And that's the part I'm going to tell tell you about today. Amen. It's not the final thing in the area of revelation and understanding, but it is definitely a thing Amen. Uh, that you, how you hear, how you hear. And uh, so, so we, we looked at that in uh, uh, John chapter 10, and we're not going to go back there. I want to uh, begin uh, today, and we're going to actually turn, if you would, please, uh, to the parable of the sower. We're going to look at Luke chapter 8. In Luke chapter 8, <clears throat> incidentally, the, uh, uh, the parable of the sower is in the first three Gospels. Not sure why it didn't make jump. But uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the parable of the sower is there. We, we're choosing Luke. Uh, chapter 8, verse 4, it says, And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and, and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And uh, what's interesting, as it says in verse 9, Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does the parable mean? So guess what? They didn't hear. They didn't hear. And then he said, Jesus is going to talk to him now about it. He says, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Then he goes on, verse 11, now the parable is this, and he explains the parables. He says, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, went, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience." What does it mean when you keep it and bear fruit? 
Well, that means that you didn't just hear it. You began to act on it. Uh, you don't just come in here and go, oh, that's nice, and become learned. You actually uh, have that thing that you have heard affect how you operate, how you treat your wife or husband, how you treat the people you work with, how you treat your neighbors, how you look in, at people and consider people. It, it, it affects people more than anything else, believe it or not. So we can't think that we can come into the house of God, get in his presence, hear his word, and not have us treat people differently. Amen. It's what fruit bearing is. First of all, fruit bearing is telling people about Christ. That is the, the first thing out of the gate is I'm so thrilled with him. I must tell someone about him. And when things happen, when people do you dirty, you don't respond like everyone out there. Bless those who curse you. <laughs> I think unconsciously many of us just say, whatever. I mean, really, honestly, there is an underlying attitude in many believers. It's like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I can't move my head like that. I'm telling you, Got like no neck, you know. So I tried it. It just I like pulled something. And I'm like, oh dang it, you know. <laughs> but we have this underlying attitude that we have a right uh, to pay people back for their dirty. That is not scriptural. That's not walking in love. Amen. I don't care how people are fettered. I don't care how they're chained. I don't care how stupid they're stuck on. Uh, the scriptures don't give us a right to return evil. And it's affected us adversely as believers. We have to hear with the intent to do. If you're not hearing for, with the intent to do, then you're not hearing. Having ears to hear, you haven't heard. And so, so we as believers have to attune ourselves to the voice. Why? Because we want it to take us where we're going. To still waters, to green pastures. And to move out of the way of a snake so his slingshot can hit that puppy. And so God is working in us, I'm telling you. And, and there needs to be a cry from our heart, you know. In the, in, in the song that they sung, you know, quiet my heart, I'm listening. And really it's quiet my soul because that is a noisy thing. Your mind, will, and emotions keeps us from getting what's God's best. So we come into the house of the Lord and we sit before him and he's, he's changing us and molding us and moving us and making us better at what he has made us to do and making us better spouses, better moms and dads, better at all the whole thing, better uh, uh, teachers, better doctors, better lawyers, better whatever it is, mechanics. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In, in, uh, I mentioned that this gospel, uh, or excuse me, the parable of the sower was in the first three gospels. Um, and, and when they came to him and said, you know, what does this mean? Uh, Jesus uh, actually said in Mark in 4.13, he said, he said, how can you understand anything? In other words, this, this is a key here. These parables are a key to understanding everything. This parable of the sower, that the seed of God's word goes in it either produces or it don't. 
how you treat it determines whether you have fruit in your life. And so if I treat it as the last who with excitement received it to do it, not just excitement received it and then it was gone. So it's not just the initial receiving, it's also the doing that brings forth the fruit bearing. In so much in this same, right, we come out of the parable of the sower and they say your mother and your brother are outside Jesus. And Jesus responds with, who is my mother and my brother? But he who does the word of God. Woo, out of the parable of the sower. So he just said, he ended it with, uh, that the one who receives it and does it bears fruit. This is the, woo, the one we want to look for. And then they say that, and he says this. He's talking about the same subject. Who is my mother and my brother? You know, I don't know about you. If I said that when my mama came and said, hey, I'm here to tell my boy, you know, my mama would have came in the building. Where is he? What do you mean? What is this? Who is my mother and my brother? You know I'm your mama, you know. Just like, hey, mama, stop, mama, you know. I've got a meeting going on, you know. <laughs> no, mama, please, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord, Jesus. I, I laughed when I read that the first time. I'm like, oh, no, my mama wouldn't settle for that right there. No way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and when I, when I talk about that particular uh, uh, where Jesus said that, I, can't, I have to um, talk about what happened on the cross uh, because he told, he told uh, John, he said, he said, behold thy mother. In other words, he didn't just dis- disregard her. And he was looking for somebody who's going to take care of my mom. Yeah. And so uh, I, I would like to believe John took her in and took care for, um, for Mary until she probably passed. Yeah. And uh, so, so, but we see the principle Jesus is saying uh, that who is uh, a part of this? Who, who's a part of me is those who not just hear but do. In the parable, uh, we talk about the, the two different houses. You know, one, one was built on a rock, one was built on the sand. Um, but it's interesting to hear that the one, both of these conditions heard the word. Y'all hear? Both conditions, the, hand, the, the rock and the sand, they both heard the word. But the one who didn't keep the word, the one who didn't do it, that one was the sand. Uh, the one who heard and did the word was the one who built their house on a rock. So it's not enough just to hear. So we, we have to be uh, considered again. And what is this message about? It's how you hear. Uh, in other words, you are hearing with intent to do. Not just hearing uh, with intent to be learned. You know, oh, I really know what the word says. Well, so does Satan. You know, so, so it's, it's good, and that's really the first part is knowing his word because we need to know his word, but not just to know it. We know the word so we can also do it, perform it, act on it, and have it affect our lives and change us and our conduct. We should be known as people who walk in love, that we don't respond like everyone else. Isn't that right? And so, so uh, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in this. I'm just saying this is what we are to do. 
And uh, when I mess this up and know that I get off point, I have to come to the Lord. Father, forgive me. I've got off point, and sometimes you got to go to people who you did wrong and say, I'm so sorry. I mean, if you're married, just, just get used to it. Say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it that way. Or if they get hurt and you don't even understand why. This is men, gentlemen, this is us. I don't like that. You hurt me. You're like, what? Oh, I'm so sorry. Because we don't realize that we're doing this in a way that's harmful or hurtful or degrading. We think we're just talking. This is how I talk to my bud. You know, we talk like this all the time. Yo, bro, what you doing? Hey, that ain't right. You know, we don't have a problem. You've already hurt my feelings. We just, men don't do that, you know. But ladies, honey, that, I feel like you're saying I'm stupid. And you're like, I didn't mean to say you were stupid. That wasn't what I was trying to <laughs> Implying. So forgive me, honey. I'm so sorry. You're my little pumpkin nunkin. My little sugar lips. I love you to pieces. You're the mother of my children. Dear God, I love you. Will you forgive me? And she says, yes. <laughs> Amen? This is how we stay married, gentlemen. This is how we make them feel honored and loved and blessed. And it's a work in progress, I realize. And we're still working on it. Amen? And we should. And uh, so we appreciate all the wives in the, in the house here and those listening through our broadcast. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Glory to God. And all I can figure is that God puts two people who think out of opposite sides of their brain together with different personalities he puts them together. I, you know, after the first few years of counseling, marriage counseling, I thought, God is a comedian. Because, <laughs> I mean, you'd think if we were, we were thinking we'd want them to be very much like each other and probably have the same, uh, but then they would kill each other. So we know that won't work. So, so God in his wisdom decided this. And what happens to happen is you end up having to die to yourself. And you have to be changed by him in order for this to work. Your self-centeredness has to be crucified to make your marriage work. And ladies, we could go on to your side and how, how men work and how they um, actually uh, feel blessed when you honor them and, and when they come home. And, and uh, this is all in the book. And so when we look at the book uh, and we look at his word and look at him and then he takes and moves into our homes and families, our relationships, it makes them glorious. Because uh, forgiveness is your greatest asset coming from the book. If you're going to have an ear to hear, that's what you need to hear <laughs> to do. And stop bringing up the past. If you bring up the past, you have departed from the book. You always, you never... I hope you all have grown past those words. 
Because you always, you never, it's just a little bit of an exaggeration for one. But when you're going to the past, you've departed from the book. So we listen with intent uh, to do, and probably uh, the love chapter would be the greatest thing for you to have, not just if you're married across the board. Singles, listen, you want to get married, you might want to just get this going right now. Get this going, get this to be a part of your life. That love never takes into account a wrong done to it. Never takes into account. Always thinks the best. Well, this will remove a lot of problems in all of our lives. Because the devil gets in there and says, they're, do, they're doing that because of X, Y, Z. And he, he gets you to join him, and then he actually divides relationships. And uh, I have found that, that 99% of the time, if you just go up to that person and start talking to them, you don't even have to talk to them about the thing the devil said. You just start talking to them, and immediately you realize that it was a lie. Yeah. Just by talking to them. Praise the Lord. I'm just saying. We're listening with the intent to do. To alter how we roll. To alter how we live. Listen, we are not just here to eat and sleep and one day die and keep repeating it because we made some more of ourselves. It's bigger than that. We are literally Christ's ambassadors. And when we absorb the word and it becomes part of us, it makes us look more and more like him. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Jesus, he didn't just come into the world to, you know, to make friends and be a politician, obviously. He told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. And the works of your father you will do. So there are times that we say very pointed things, but it's never for selfish gain. It's never to be mean. It's never to just hurt people. It's for an end, and it's the purpose of God that we speak boldly and accurately and effectively God's word. It's because we've heard and we are now obeying. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It is not the great suggestion. It is the great commandment, the great commission. So I, I, I absorb, and when I first got born again, it was the first thing that affected me is I have to tell people about him, and then I found it in the Word. Oh, he told me to do it. I didn't know. It was just in me. Oh, my goodness, this is so good. How can I not tell somebody about him? Then I find the Scripture, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoa, praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Many things. So we're listening with intent to do. Hallelujah. You know, people, people have, uh, uh, you know, things that, or the police department has different codes. And I don't know if it, what is it, possession with intent to kill? Help me out here. When you have a, a gun, is it possession with intent to kill? Is that a, a thing? I know, I know that, you know, of course, in my world, when I, before I got saved, I had possession with intent to smoke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was to sell is the one that you got in trouble for, Right. Yeah, if you had amount, a certain amount, they figure you're trying to sell the stuff. But listen, we, we, need, to, we need to be found with uh, the, the possession of God's word with the intent to use it. That's it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 
need to start seeing some people who've been smoking the word. You know what I'm saying? Just getting some inside you. It altering how you think. It altering how you live and move. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let's look in our Bibles, if you would, please, to um, uh, James, if you would. James chapter 1. Praise the Lord. I hope I'm helping somebody today. I tell you, because we, man, church, we just need to be the church. If there's ever a day when we needed to, to step up our game and really be a people that are not afraid of stuff and not, uh, not, I'm not worried about somebody um, ridiculing me or prosecuting me or, or telling me I'm, I'm a bigot or, listen, I am just here to be the embodiment of the love of God, sharing the light and the gospel of Jesus Christ, living the life before them, not just being a preachy person either. Because people that don't preach will make it like, oh, that's all they do is preach. I want to both live and preach. I don't want to do one or the other. I want to do both. All of us should have this desire. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, and and learn how to communicate, of course, uh, the love of God and the truth of God's word. James chapter 1 and verse 21. This is the Amplified Bible. It says... This Amplified Classic. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. But be doers. Okay, so it rolls right into doers. But I want to go back to verse 21. So in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive. So we see the posture of receiving Humble, gentle, modest. So, so there's, there's some how we, we come into God's house and we sit before the word of God. And in humility and uh, as newborn babes, we receive the word of God. So that's, that's the in. Isn't that right? That's how it comes in. Otherwise, if you know everything, you can't get every, anything in a full cup. You understand? If, if you are, we won't go into what you're full of, but you are full <laughs> of yourself. We'll just go with that. And you think you just know. There, that is, there's just nothing going to go in. So there's a posture for uh, receiving, an attitude of receiving that we see here in James uh, that we must uh, afford ourselves. Um, and, and, and for if you've decided, uh, no matter what, not even if you, uh, you don't necessarily think you know everything, but you just feel like, oh, you know, I, this, yeah, it's just the wrong attitude. I'm coming, oh my goodness, the word is being spoken. Because you can imagine if, if uh, you know, if Jesus himself in a robe, so you could look at him as he, you know, you might think of him in a beard and his sandals and blood spots in his hand or his wrist. And, and he's up here and he says, listen, you'd all be like, speak, <laughs> right? And so, so here uh, we believe that our pastors and people who stand on the platform uh, to minister the word of God uh, are representatives of him. Isn't that right? And so we would have to lean in the same posture with expectation, humility, that, that God is about to speak to me. And you're like, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a sobering thing to be standing up here. It is, for me, a humbling thing to be standing up here. And I don't come up here cocky. I don't come up here like, I know things that I'm about to tell you. <laughs> that is not how I come up here. Remember the story of a, a little old lady, you know, a little, and a young man got out of Bible school, and he was all really hot to go and ready to go. He thought he was something, you know. So he comes up on the platform, and he's all ready with his message, you know, and he gets up there, and he's just like, you know, rawr, you know, he just roars his message out, and in about 10 minutes, he's gone through his notes and what he knows. <laughs> and so he, he's all embarrassed, humbled, and he goes down the steps and sits down. And the little old lady said, if he would have gone up like he came down, he could have come down like he went up. <laughs> and so I want to tell you, I am not standing up here like the great learned one. I am up here with great fear and trembling Believing that God, when I stand before you, will bring a supply to your life that will break you out of any hindrances, anything that would be limiting you from being everything that God has intended for you to be and experience in this earth now, not in the great by and by, in the nasty now. Because we need that power and that glory right now. This earth needs us, the sons of God, to be manifest now. All creation groans until the manifestation of the sons of God. And so we are the ones here now in these last days that are listening, leaning in intently with the purpose to do whatever it is our master instructs us to do. He makes his shepherd noise. And we go, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? What is it that you would have me to do? In every circumstance of life, every difficulty of life, every challenge, God wants to talk to you about it, help you with it. I'm finding out more and more in these last few years about uh, the difficulties of leadership and how to walk in a godly leadership role. And, and uh, consider all of the people as valuable. Every person, no matter how crazy they may seem to me, God made them, brought them here for such a time as this. And I have been tasked with trying to help them to find their way and to do their best. God has given us to each other. And so when the word of the Lord goes forth, and I tell you what, it's, it's for a purpose and a goal to make you amazing. Your greatest superpower is hearing. Your next is the ability to do. And I always say it myself, I pray, God, cause me to will and to do of your good pleasure. I want to be about the doing, not just the hearing. Don't get me wrong, it's not always fun. And when I hear him say something, I'm like, you want me to do what? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's all your flesh. Ain't nothing but smoking flesh sometimes. Tell them you love them and you're sorry. Ah. I'll tell them that, but do I have to be? Yes. <laughs> I... 
don't talk to me about what they, you just do what I said. Yes, sir. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Has, has anybody ever had somebody do you wrong, really wrong, and the Lord told you to tell them you're sorry? I'm getting tired of him telling me to do that. When it's their fault. They're stupid, not me. How many have felt that way? They, they are in the wrong here. But you know what? They are not my responsibility. I am my responsibility. God has made me responsible for me. And to walk in love regardless of anybody's actions, anybody's mess and stupid, 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 <laughs> stupid people. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm sorry I allowed you to run into my car. That's what it feels like. I'm sitting there and they ran into me. You tell them you're sorry. Just tell them. I'm so sorry. I was here where you wanted to be. Well, this is just an illustration, but it, this is what it feels like. But that's what love does. Love does. I'm so sorry. I really want to say that I'm sorry that what I said or did caused you to walk in unforgiveness. That's what I want to say. But they just want to hear, I'm sorry. They don't want to hear all the rhetoric. So you end up just saying, I'm so sorry. Let me give you a hug. Praise the Lord. And this is what we do. This is how we roll. Praise God. Ha, ha, ha. Ooh, glory to God. So again, uh, so uh, when we receive in this humble manner, it contains the power to save our souls. So our souls, our mind, will, and emotions are at stake. If we don't walk in the revelation of God's word, we're going to damage our soul. And the enemy would try and take your mind, gain ground in your mind, and get you to think like he wants you to think. In the area of people and relationships. Oh man, it's sorry. This ain't running message, but uh, this is going to save somebody's soul. I believe it. Verse 22, it says, but, in other words, but be doers of the word. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. So you set yourself up against the truth when you function in a different way. Verse 23, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and per perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing his life of obedience. Wow. Now the mirror is, is the word, you understand? Uh, when we look into the perfect law of liberty, it's calling it like a mirror. Why? Because it's who you are. I'm seeing myself but if I don't do the word, then I'm like someone who forgets who I am and what I look like. 
I'm a new creature, a brand new person altogether. And this is what I see that in, in here. But if I walk away and forget, then I treat people however I want to. And I act a, a, a hot mess. I know plenty of Christians act in a hot mess in every way. They totally somehow has dis- disregarded the perfect law of liberty that's able to save their soul, re- keep their soul safe. You, you all know that, that sin wars against your soul. It's like taking your brain out of your head, put it on the table, and smashing it with a hammer when you walk in sin. And I, I know we always think of the big ones, adultery and fornication and you know, all these different deals. But how about unforgiveness? You're beating your brains up if you're walking in unforgiveness. You know, it just lines them all up and says, these shall not uh, um, actually inherit the kingdom of God. You know, liars, whoremongers, homosexuals. Goes through the list, it has liars in there. Interesting. We always think, oh, the big ones. Well, look, sin wars against your soul. It's beating up your brain. So look into the perfect law of liberty and then in so doing, do what it says and kind of keep it around while you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Keep in check. Keep in check. Have any of you like me, I'm going to put myself here. Have any of you like me gotten yourself so far out into some kind of unforgiveness? This is the big one for us Christians. And then pretty soon you realize I can't even see the book from here. I'm so far out angry and bitter and nasty. I mean, it just, and you realize, you, you look, I can't even look at the book. I just need to hit my knees <laughs> and ask God to forgive me. I have departed because even if I look at it now, I can't hear what it's saying. So all I can do is just get down here, say, Father, forgive me. I've gotten so far away from you. It wouldn't do me any good to open the book right now. Forgive me. Help me open my ears again so I can hear what you're saying to me. Father, forgive me. Praise the Lord. You gave me this wonderful blessing, and now I want to kill her, and that's just wrong. I know it is. (laughs) It's bad. (laughs) And he's merciful. Thank God he's merciful. Because when you repent, he comes right away. And he helps and restores you. And he makes your, um, your relationships, whether married or not, he makes those relationships stronger than they ever were. <laughs> because he who has forgiven much loves much. And when you forgive people in your life, your bond with them becomes stronger. It's not just with the Lord. It's with people in general as well. And they know you have forgiven them. Maybe they don't. But it's still there, a stronger bond. Every important and valuable relationship in your life will be attacked and challenged. I will promise you that. Their significance to your uh, destiny um, is too important. And so uh, they will be attacked. So this is something we have to implement into our lives if we are going to get to where we need to go in life. As being doers in this area. Hallelujah. It's not a precious promise, but the Bible says offenses will come. <laughs> so being doers, not just hearers, and always looking into the perfect law of liberty. Praise the Lord. In Proverbs, real quick, I, I was going to uh, finish that passage through 25. You guys can read that on your own. 
Um, in uh, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, in the message, it says, Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul. They're bursting with health. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 in the Message Bible. You want to live, really live? Then concentrate and, and lean in. Attune your ear to the Word of God at all times. Let it be the umpire of your life. Let it be uh, the, the standard of which you walk and, and move in everything that you do. It's done in relationship as a reflection of God's Word. Praise the Lord.